Good morning, church. How cool is this? I get to see actual faces. It'll go up. Just give it a second. Oh, I'll do it one more time. He's running. You better run faster. Faster. He's going to turn it on in there for me. So what happens, we haven't been outside in a few weeks. We haven't even really had church in person for a few weeks. Uh, it's kind of weird being here again today. Uh, thankfully, we have an outside to come back to that we can all come instead of being confined inside. Uh, you know, the, the, the cases of COVID and things like that, they're real. It's going around. Um, you know, as a church leadership, one of the hardest things that we had to do was to make a choice on whether or not to be in person or not. Um, it was not an easy choice. How long should we go? How, sh- how long should we not go? Um, yeah, it's just crazy to be in leadership right now going through COVID. I'm sure it's the same for many business owners, restaurants, uh, government, whatever it is. It's just a really awkward time. And I think the hardest part about this time is uh, actually trying to sift through the trash to find the truth. I think that's the worst part about all of this, that all of us have to sift through uh, the propaganda from both sides, all sides. you got your Christian propaganda, you got your political propaganda, uh, you got your, just your everyday junk on social media and the news. It's really hard sometimes to find the truth. And, you know, when we pray, it's amazing how the truth can reveal itself. As you continue to dig and find and seek what is to do the right thing, you know, I know a lot of people are still questioning whether they should get vaccinated or not vaccinated or, or uh, what we should do to, to close or not close or anything. You know, it's still America and it's still a free country and I want you to decide what is best for you. But as you're deciding what is best for you, please don't listen to somebody else's propaganda. Just look up the facts for yourself. I've had to do that over the months and months and months of trying to look up what's the right thing to do for myself, my family, and this church. So I want to encourage all of you, even today as you hear me preaching up here on this pulpit, don't believe what I say, research it. Pick up your Bible, look for yourself. Because we're all human and we all think one way and and it's a little different than the other person. And it's really important for you to seek the truth on your own. It doesn't mean you have to agree with everything said but just seek the truth, no matter what it might be. That was Dominic's fault, and everybody else's fault. Hey, I'll tell you what, that's not a big deal, because that breeze feels amazing. It feels so good. Anyway, all right. Hey, good morning, church. I am really glad that you guys are all here, Um, and not just to watch online. I'm thankful for everybody that can make it online. Um, I don't know how long we're going to be outside, uh, if it keeps being sunny, we'll do it outside. This will be our last barbecue of the year because we are into September. Now, barbecue in this style. Hang on a second. Is this okay? I'm supposed to dismiss the kids. If there's kids that don't want to listen to me right now, I don't blame you. You can go with Tani right now, and she will show you where to go <laughs> to your class. Sorry, kids. Only if you want to go. You kids do not have to go. We don't make it a... Uh, it's not priority, but we do know that they will learn better in their classrooms than listening to boring old Daniel. So, you guys have a good time. <clears throat> Alright, sorry about that. If you have... She's the cutest kid 
here today, I think. At least that age group. <clears throat> um, anyway, if you don't have, if you have a Facebook account, I would highly encourage you to follow our church on there. Hit like on the church page and follow us. Uh, those of you that are watching online, obviously you have one. Um, if you don't want a Facebook, even just make one just for the church. So that way you can stay up to date constantly. We try to remember to send out emails and things like that. Or we might even forget to change the sign on the corner out there that says, hey, online only, even though we're in person today. Um, I'm not going to say it was Lenny and Irma's fault uh, because it was Daniel's fault. I never called and said, hey, guys, could you change the sign? It's my fault. Hey, we got the right address. So anyway, um, follow us on Facebook to get constant updates so you know whether or not we're open. We, you know whether or not uh, we're closed or, or what it might look like uh, or also all the cool things that are going on. Right now, uh, I want us to continue to pray for our county and our, our state, our country, the well-being of people that are in it. Um, you know, we're more divided than ever right now. Even Christians. And it's actually, it's actually breaking my heart. We're more divided than ever when it comes to race. I can't even fathom that this is actually an issue today. That we have an issue with skin color. Doing things based on skin color. Drives me nuts. We are all made in the image of God. Every one of us. We cannot allow anybody to be separated from anyone based on race, based on social economic levels, where you might be if you're poor or rich or whatever. We're still Christians. We need to be united. What's crazy is you go to another state and you tell them you're from Oregon, most people don't want anything to do with you because they think Portland is Oregon. They don't realize that there's a lot cooler people out there than just Portland. We're here, right? But it's divided. And now the new one is the vaxxed or the unvaxxed. I am not going to get political. I am not anti-vaccination. I'm not going to tell you not to get it. And I'm not going to tell you to get it. It's your choice. But what I can't stand is when I hear people screaming, oh, it's my job to protect those who are vaccinated from the unvaccinated. That just drew a line right down the human race. It's sad we shouldn't do that. Help encourage people to understand the difference between vaccinations and not vaccinations. Seek the truth instead of dividing people over something like this. And then, of course, there's politics. How many of you guys love talking about politics? So much fun, right? We're the church. We live in exile. Why are we fighting over Republicans or Democrats or any of that nonsense? We're Christians. Jesus is not a Republican or a Democrat. He's not even American. Can you believe that? Holy smokes. I think he might even be a little bit darker skin. It's crazy to think. Jesus created the world, not just America and not just American. And then, of course, there's the great battle that'll be coming up here in the fall the ducks versus the beavers, the great divide of Oregon. Go Beavs. 
Hey, you guys, this is a time where the church needs to be more united than ever in history because the world is being divided more than ever in history. We need to show His light and let His light shine. Our world is getting darker and it is up to us to make it brighter and brighter as it gets darker and darker. We've been going through this series called Unafraid. As Christians, we need to be unafraid if someone disagrees with us. It's okay, really, if they don't agree. It's called dialogue. We're allowed to have those. If you have a difference of opinion with someone, you can still love them. It's, it's weird, but it works. You know, during uncertain times, we go back oftentimes to what is familiar. The comfort of our own homes and family and continuous to do the same traditions over and over just so you can have a sense of familiarity. Most people don't want to stop church and have to watch it online. They want to go physically. Not only for the fellowship and things like that, because it's tradition. It's what we do. But if you go back 2,000 years ago, our church actually looks a lot different than it did 2,000 years ago. But it doesn't mean it's wrong. It doesn't mean it's right. It doesn't mean what we're doing is wrong or right. But it just means sometimes things have to change just a little bit when it's uncomfortable. Oftentimes when we're hurting or we're, we're anxious, we seek our favorite passages in Scripture, or at least we should be. We should be seeking Scripture to help us through. But we can go in there and you can find situations that happened in Scripture that had caused panic or chaos within Scripture. And you can see that how the characters within the Bible responded to that. How did they respond to God through it? One of my favorite is Paul. Paul went through just so much. And I love Paul. He dreamed and dreamed about preaching in Rome. He loved Rome. He loved the Roman people. As a Jew, he still wanted to preach in Rome. But instead, what happened? He became a prisoner of Rome. The exact opposite than he wanted, of what it is he wanted to have happen. Beaten, shackled, chained to guards, told to shut it, be quiet, whatever it might be while he's being beaten. And yet he still has Christ living with inside him enough to say these words. Philippians 4, 4-6 through says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. You guys, that's like the hardest thing to do. I got to church this morning and we had to have our classrooms ready for today and there was still some furniture in there because we had like a, 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 a memorial service here and we had to move all the furniture out of the fellowship hall. Well, there were still a few pieces in there. Well, it made my blood boil a little bit. But we got it taken care of. And then I got here at 8 and everybody else was 8.30. I was hoping they'd be here at 8 o'clock. My blood started boiling a little bit. I'm, I'm getting ready to preach, rejoice in the Lord always, and here I am walking around with steam coming out of my ears. Why isn't the sound working yet? What's happening? What's going on? Oh wait, i got to cut up tomatoes with my wife. Man, all the tomatoes are bad because we bought them three weeks ago. And I say, sweetie, would you go to the store and get us some tomatoes and some lettuce and stuff? Because we need that this morning. And really what it is, is it's, a lot of it can go back onto last week. What was I doing last week? How come we didn't get it last week? But what I forgot was, you know, look how beautiful the weather is this morning. Look at everybody that showed up and everybody that decided to watch church 
online and come together as the church to fellowship and worship together. Not worried about the sound not working properly. It never works properly. Our streaming working properly? Yeah, right! The devil lives within spectrum, I swear. Rejoice in the Lord always. And then Paul says, you know what? I will say it again. Rejoice. He is chained to a guard saying, Rejoice in the Lord always. Let your gentleness be evident to all. When we're going through this chaos and we're going through this world of all this weird stuff going on, who is it you're fighting with? Who is it you're arguing with on Facebook or social media or phone calls or disagreeing with or flipping off because they cut you off in seaside as you're hitting every pothole going through town? Rejoice in the Lord always, even through the potholes. It's hard. He says, the Lord is near and do not be anxious about anything. He didn't say, hey, don't be anxious about most things. Because you know there's going to be some times in your life where it's a little hard. No, He says rejoice and do not be anxious about anything. So I shouldn't be worried about all this chaos around me. Nope. Nope. What are you going to do to navigate through it to raise up new Christians? What are you going to do to navigate through it to share the Gospel? That's what we should be processing. Paul is in prison and he's tortured He's beaten, and yet he says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and do not be anxious. How many of you, if the cop showed up and said, I'm taking you to jail, you're going to prison? I'd be a little anxious. I'd be a little, I always told myself, this is what kept me out of trouble growing up. I figured I was too small to go to prison. It worked. Psyched myself right out of stealing something or doing something I shouldn't be doing. I'm too little to go to prison. But Paul is tortured and he says, you know, rejoice in the Lord always and never be anxious about anything. How many of you obeyed those two commands this last week? Or how many of you disobeyed those two this past week? How many of you found yourself upset how many of you found yourself throwing a wrench or a paintbrush or kicking something or stubbing your toe and saying those really PG-13 words? Were you rejoicing in the Lord always even with the little things? If you're not in the little things, how are you with the big things? It does not matter how holy you are, how many Bible verses you remember, whether you remembered in the Greek, Hebrew, or English, or even King James Version. It doesn't matter if you know the detailed theological discourse of the book of Revelation, word for word. You will still have normal stressors in your life. We all do. You will still, because we're human, you will still get nervous about that presentation that's coming up. I do every Sunday. I get nervous before I step up here. Even though I do it every week, it's the same. Maybe you have a meeting, your boss is like, hey, I need you to, I need you to the, in the office. That always makes your anxiety go up just a little bit, right? What did I do? Oh my gosh, I forgot to do something. Maybe a high school kid or a college kid, you got a chemistry exam or some kind of big test coming up in school. You, you stress on it a little bit. 
Or maybe for you young folks, it's almost homecoming time. Football season's here. You want to ask someone out, go to the dance with you. You sweat a little. You get nervous. That's what happens. But what happens is in life, with the little stressors that come, you can still rejoice in the Lord. Because you know it's just an everyday occurrence that you have to go through. You might have a little stress, and then we pray. We say, Lord, you know, I'm a little stressed out about this presentation coming up. Can you help me through it, Lord? I know that you're with me, and you're going to give me the strength to pull this off and just, and just be with me. It makes you calmer. It makes you more comfortable. It makes you feel better. But then, life gets worse. How many of you know life gets worse than that, right? It gets a lot worse. Oftentimes, we feel all different kinds of anxiety, having to keep the kids entertained while going to a doctor's office visit. How many of you guys raise kids? two, three years old, and you're sitting in a dentist chair wondering if your kids are killing each other out there in the waiting room as they're playing with the little toys in there. Your anxiety goes up. Yes. Maybe it's time to choose a homeschool or choosing the, the route of homeschool instead of taking your kids to public school system with everything that's going on. Maybe you're decided, you know, I kind of would rather do it at home now. Or maybe find a good private school. You're worried about something tomorrow. That's what we do. Maybe you have a sick relative. Many of us have. We've known folks personally that have gotten sick with this COVID. Or even worse, could be anything that makes a family member lose a life. It's hard to take and swallow. Maybe you've lost a job, a career. I know many people that are facing career loss right now if they're not vaccinated. That's got to be anxious on what to do about that. I'm praying for you on making the decisions that you need to make for you and your family. Maybe there's those of you that are stressing over whether or not you should go get the vaccination or if you're actually going to get it. You don't walk out because you're afraid of it, right? You've got to trust in the Lord whether you get it or you don't get it. You still have to trust and rejoice in the Lord. Don't have to be nervous about anything. You don't have to be anxious about anything, whether you get it or you don't. Maybe you're just battling anxiety and depression and you don't even know why. You have no idea why. It just hits you like a ton of bricks. That happens. It's real. You guys were under attack. It's spiritual warfare. You're Christians. You claim to follow Jesus. You did not make the devil very happy. That's just the way he roles. He doesn't like us. He wants you to be worried. He wants you to be afraid. He wants you to panic. He wants you to be anxious. That's why he invented the news. You guys, we do it to ourselves. We are bombarded by stress-inducing news. We get home, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC. If you don't want to watch any of those, you pick up your social media app, Boom, you start looking, and what is it? It's news about this, about that, about this, about that. It's overwhelming. Why are we torturing ourselves? We got all this other stuff that we're praying about and dealing with. But yet, then we go and do that to ourselves. You guys, like I said last week, when anxiety attacks, pray. When anxiety attacks, we pray. Philippians 4, 6-7 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, again, not most situations, every situation, 
by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. If you're going through something, if something's stressing you out, pray. If you're worried about whether or not you should get a vaccine or not to get the vaccine, pray. Talk to God about it. And it says in verse 7, in the peace of God, which transcends, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Don't forget, our minds are this gateway to our heart. We have to protect our minds. We have to protect our hearts. The heart can mislead us. Remember? That's why I have a hard time when someone says, well, I really feel so strong about it in my heart. Your heart can be a deceiver. And your mind. What is your mind and heart set on? Is it set on the Lord? Or is it set on your own personal interests? When we pray and we praise God, through all things, it precedes peace. Peace happens. You guys, and that's the one thing that actually guards our heart and our minds is peace. Peace will guard your heart. Peace will guard your mind. Because peace guards. It sounds kind of strange, but I'm telling you right now, when you feel chaos all around you, what do you feel? Not peace. You feel panic. Anxiety. Stress. But what you really want to always feel is peace. How many of you guys go down to the lake or you go camping just to get away? Why? It's peaceful. No one's around. One of my favorite things to do, because as a pastor of a church, and many of you uh, just being around people in your life, is doing a day without peopling. Why? It's peaceful. It's pretty great. I love people. I'm an extrovert. I love seeing all of your faces. But there's days where I'm just like, yeah, you know, I just need a day. Just me and God, maybe my wife, just peace, right? We all need it. So how do you have the peace that might guard your mind? How do we have a peace that is going to guard our hearts? It's by prayer. Praying and lifting yourself up to the Lord. Giving it over to Him. Prayer and praise is the exact trail that we need to be on that leads from panic to peace. It's prayer. Talking to the Father. Having a conversation with God brings an immense amount of peace and comfort to our hearts. Peace will guard your heart and your mind. So let's talk about guarding. Why guard? Why do we need a guard? How many of you right now would stand up and spar with Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris? Same time. Just get up and you're ready, right? You're going to put your guard up. You're probably going to catch a quick backhand to the face, even if you had your guard up, but you're going to have your guard up. You might be anxious as well, but when you're anxious, you put up your guard. And when we pray to God, we're doing the same thing. We pray, we're putting up our guard. We're putting up with what protects us. The, the armor of God. The very armor of God is what is protecting us. And it starts through prayer and relationship and being in His Word, it will make us feel so much better. We cannot allow our guards to be dropped. You're not going to stand in front of Bruce Lee and just put your hands behind your back and go bring it. He will hit you 67 times in 22 seconds. I mean, he's dead now, so he can't, but you know what I mean. You know, Peter tells his own version of dealing with anxiety. 
and he gives a warning to us. Peter's like one of my other favorite characters just because he's so mouthy and just me. Like, I love that guy. But he says this in 1 Peter 5, 7 and 8. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Cast all your anxiety, not some of your anxiety, all, onto Him. And then it says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, not other people, not other things that are happening in the world, the devil is the enemy. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And as we let our guards down, who's he going to devour? Each and every one of us that says, you know what, come on, Bruce, bring it. Come on, Satan, just come at me. I dare you. No. Get your guard up. Bring Jesus into the equation. Walk with the Holy Spirit knowing that you are guarded, living in peace. Because the devil wants to target your mind. The devil wants to target your mind. Every day. His weapon is his lies. How many of you have seen a video yesterday of propaganda? Just a couple of you? None of you guys are on social media or watch the news or anything? Wow, I love this group. You guys, there's propaganda out there everywhere and it's by Satan. He wants to divide and conquer. Be careful what you listen to. If someone sends you a video and you're like, wow, this is eye-opening, <laughs> do some research. Because you're only getting half the truth. And that's what the devil does. He did, it to, he did it to Jesus. He only brought most of the Scriptures and left some out. Because it makes sense. But the devil is a liar and he's coming at all of us. And he's going to tell you, you know what? You're not going to get through this. You're not going to get through it. You know, if you get vaccinated, you're going to die. Straight from the devil's mouth. Hey, if you don't get vaccinated, you're going to die. Straight from the devil's mouth. Hey, if you just stay in your house, don't let anyone around you, that's, that's what's best. Go hide. Devil's lies. Hey, you know what? I know you don't have a job. That's alright. You're not going to be able to pay your bills. That's alright. You'll keep your home. It's okay. Lies. No, you need to go to work. You need to pay your bills. You can do it. You'll never find a job though. You know, your marriage will never survive. That is a big one. How many of you guys know someone that's been divorced? It's so common now. That, yes, it is. He rendered me speechless on that one. <laughs> you know, the devil's going to tell you, hey, if you get sick, you're going to die alone because no one can be next to you. No, one, no one's with you. Hey, you know what? You know what? If you get sick right now, there's not going to be any ventilators or anything for you, so don't go outside. Don't do anything. Your life is just over. If God really loved you, we wouldn't be going through all of this chaos, right? These are all lies. These are all lies from the devil himself. And he uses other people, even people we love, to get to us, to get to our minds, and to get to our hearts and attack. He does it all the time. 
Remember your mind. You have to guard it with prayer and petition. It brings peace. If you do not, you will fall for the lies. And he is a liar. And he's a masterful liar. He comes at us so beautiful and so just tempting to where it just seems like, it, oh, it's got to be right. Man, it makes me feel so good. It's got to be from God. <laughs> Careful. Remember, he used to be an angel. He used to be an angel. You guys were all under attack. Every one of us is under attack. My wife and I, our marriage, we've never been in an argument. I'm glad none of you believe me. We do rarely argue. But when we do, it's like a tornado's going off. Why? What happens? We choose to use these PG-13 words or TV mature audience only words at each other. Arguing's happening. It's not good when a spouse argues with a spouse, is it? How many of you have ever been in a room and you heard a couple fighting and you're like, boy, this is uncomfortable. I don't like this. But it happens to all of us. Who's at the forefront of the argument? Is it your spouse? No. It's the devil. He wants your marriage to fail. And what happens is we let our guard down. We stopped seeking peace. When you argue with your wife and she comes up and she says, i got to talk to you about something, don't get defensive. Trust me. It's wisdom. I've gained wisdom from failure. I promise. What are you going to do to keep the peace? What are you going to do to be able to actually have a dialogue instead of an argument? What are you going to do to change who you are and stop trying to change who they are? My wife is going to remind me of this today. I know it. And she should. If I'm going to preach it, i got to live it, right? We all should be living that, especially as Christians. Regular church attenders. People that follow Jesus. When your spouse looks at you, and she needs to talk to you, or he needs to talk to you, gentle response. Listen to what they have to say. Have a conversation. You guys, when we worry as a church, I think that's the hardest thing to to navigate as the influx of worry comes in. As leadership of a church, you get an influx of worry. Can you guess who the worry's from? All sides. It is from every walk of life has worry and comes in and shares that with the leadership. We should keep the building open. We should close. Hurry up. We should tell everyone to get vaccinated. We should stand up for everyone who's not vaccinated. We should be Republicans or we should be Democrats. We need to fix the world. We don't need to fix anything. We need. To... Do you see what we have to go through? I'm not blaming you guys. But take it to the Father. Pray. Find out what the right thing really is to do. Go back and read the Word of God as Peter says, hey, don't be anxious about anything. Quit being anxious. The leadership here is trying so hard to do what is right to protect the flock that has been set before us and grow His kingdom in Clatsop County. 
One of the ways that we try to figure this out instead of worrying is what the leadership does is we sit down and we go, hey, what's going to hurt the mission of Christ? What's going to hinder the mission of Christ as a church body in Clatsop County? You know what? What if there was a huge outbreak at our church here at Lighthouse Christian Church? you think the uh, non-believers are going to hear about that? I think so. And then when I go out into public and I go, hey everybody, uh, my name's Daniel, I'm a pastor uh, here. I go to that Lighthouse Church and I just want to invite you guys. Oh uh, yeah, we're not going to ever go to that church. Well, why not? Yeah, you guys had an outbreak when you had a choice. You could have shut the doors for a little bit. You could have been a part of this community. And now we don't think you care about anybody because you just cared about yourselves to stay open. Do you see that how you could twist it that easy? No, 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 that's not why we stayed open. Yeah, but that's what they think, right? So now I just hindered the mission because I decided to close for a few weeks. But then it could be the other way around and then I could lose church members. You should stay open. We're leaving. We're going to go find a church that'll stay open. And You guys, it's not easy. But I can tell you, the leadership at this church is not afraid. We pray. We go to Scripture. We take a look at the facts that we can sift through the garbage to find. And then we make a decision. We don't just make decisions rationally, just like, oh, or irrationally, excuse me. Just make a decision. It's hard. You guys, things at times can become very overwhelming. We don't have to worry about it. We don't have to fight with other people. What we need to do is come together as followers of Jesus. What does the Scripture say? How is the world going to know us for the love that we have for one another? The love that we're going to love on other people no matter their race, no matter vaccination or not, no matter where else they go to church. Our love for one another has to be first and foremost when we are out and about. We have got to love each other to share Christ. We chose to follow Jesus. Every one of us that is here has chosen to follow Jesus. And we need to look like we're following Jesus. We have a higher calling, which has now brought us to a higher cost. Our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan, man, talk about some anxiety and worry. Could you imagine... You're over there in Afghanistan and you watched a bunch of people get on a plane and leave and you weren't able to get on it. And now you're going, God, how come I couldn't go? But how come Paul didn't say that when he was in prison? Come on, God, I thought you were going to let me preach in Rome. Now I'm in prison. I'm going to chop my head off. Guess what those people in Afghanistan are doing? They're standing strong in their faith. And they're going, you know what? Praise God, they got to go. Praise Jesus. Prayer and petition and praise brings peace. When you see someone else go through something, we pray for them and we lift them up. When you see somebody else blessed by God, you praise God and go, thank God you gave that to them. Thank God you blessed the people that were able to get off the plane and get out of Afghanistan while you're still stuck. Don't worry about the chaos. Don't worry about what it is you're going through. Wherever it is you are in your life right now, God has got you there. For a reason. What are you going to do to navigate through life, through all the chaos, being unafraid, praying to the Lord, and giving Him praise as you go through it? What are you going to do to make disciples? That's what He's asked us to do. When you go back and you read the book of Acts, 
Do you think those people didn't have anxiety as they went out into the marketplace of Jerusalem, walking around, sharing the Gospel, knowing that at any time, any moment, a Roman soldier could grab them, stick them on a stake, and light them on fire? you think they weren't anxious? But yet we find ourselves as Americans going, oh my goodness, our comfort has been taken away. Here we are. What are we going to do? Really? No, what are you going to do? When are you going to go make disciples? When are you going to go share your faith about Christ to someone else so that they can be saved from the world? We're not here to save the world. We're here to save the human race and take them to heaven with us. Not change the world for good. We have got to get our priorities straight. We're all running a race. Sometimes we become short of breath, worn out, sweat a little bit. What are you doing to finish the race strong? Are you going to give it everything you got on the last hundred yards? Are you going to give up and quit? Are you going to fight with everybody running next to you? Are you going to cheer them on? So what if they get in front of you? Cheer them on. Cheer them on. We have got to lift up our brothers and sisters in Christ as well as lifting up and loving those we disagree with so that we can have an opportunity to share the Gospel with them. I don't want to encourage anybody to pray as if prayer is our last resort. Uh-uh. That's not even close to truth. It is our first line of offense. We pray first before we do anything You remember Nehemiah, before he went in to rebuild the city, he prayed first, he prayed first, he prayed first, then he went. We pray first, we go. We pray, we go. We pray, we go. No anxiety, only peace. He knows where we're going. He's walking with us. And I'm not talking, don't just pray those really elegant prayers at church or over dinner. Those are great. I'm not saying don't do those things. I'm talking about let's pray with some desperation. Let's pray with some heart and some feeling. Giving it over to God. The kind of prayer you don't want anyone else to hear but God. Share it all with Him. Tell Him every secret you have. Tell Him everything that you're holding inside. Tell Him everything that you want to do to help His kingdom grow. And pray. And pray as if you mean it. And I hope you really do. It changes things. When we pray like that, we will start rejoicing in the Lord always. Because we know that He is not just our last defense, but our first offense. And we go to Him before anything. Anybody can praise Him when things are good. Anyone. But can you still praise Him when things are bad? Like now. It's not even that bad for us yet. Not even close. We got it made. How many of you guys have ever been to a third world country? We live like kings. Kings. I can't tell you how how funny it is when someone goes, well, yeah, I can't give that up. Really? For the Lord? Yeah. Okay. That's your call. But if you only knew, one of my favorite things about my oldest kids that live in Maui is they are minimalists. I mean it. Minimalists. We're trying. It's so hard. Oh man, as an American, it is so hard to get rid of stuff. And with good intention too, if you think about it, why is it hard to get rid of stuff? You guys remember 
well, some of you may not remember like because you were there, but the Great Depression happened. All right? The Great Depression happened. You couldn't get anything. So what happened? Those who lived it, it started to fall away. Things started to be putting back on the shelf and everything. So what did our great-grandparents or grandparents do? Or parents, for that matter, for those of you that are here. What did they do? They bought it all. And they built big storages for their canned foods. They would buy two to three freezers and fill their freezers full of food just in case. With good reason, right? You, you get it. But then what happened was is they raised another generation with that same attitude, but instead of just food, it was everything. Get what you can get and just hold on to it. That's why we have hoarders now. I see where it has come from. I see where we are now today and why, but we have to learn to let that go. Because many good things can come from that. You will actually have more money to give because you stop buying crap. It works, I'm telling you. You have more money to give and help others and yourself. Less stress brings peace. When you have less, my kids are minimalists. We will buy them something and send it to Maui and they're like, hey, that thing you gave us was really cool. We gave it to our friends. They won't keep it. They, they, they're very limited on what they want. And I admire them for that. It reminds me of more of Bible. It reminds me more of Bible. You guys, our faith shows when we're praising God through the storm. No matter how light the storm is or how big the storm is, are you praising God through the storm? Psalm 113.3 Let this psalm just take you home today. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Not should be praised, is to be praised. From the moment we wake up, our eyes pop open, praise the Lord. When you're sitting going through something stressful at work with family, praise the Lord. When you're going on that really cool vacation and you're popping tents and you're staying on the top of Mount Rushmore, you might get arrested for that, don't do it. But it's really cool and you always want to do it. You praise the Lord. You praise the Lord through all things. What happened to Paul? He was in prison. What did he do? He served Jesus and advanced the Gospel in prison. What are you doing through the chaos? Are you advancing the Gospel? Because of Paul's chains that were wrapped around him, we should all be able to have comfort in the Lord going, man, if Paul went through that, Peter went through that, these guys were legends in the Bible. And they loved the Lord. And they showed us the way. Are you advancing the Gospel? We must proclaim our faith to others. Especially now. The church is growing rapidly for a lot of churches. Why? Because people are seeking something better than what they've gotten. They're seeking the truth. People need a Savior whether they think they do or not. You know, some of the people that you would think when you go up to them to share the Gospel, you think, they don't want to hear about that. Why do you get to decide? Because that's what the devil wants you to decide. He just got in your head. And usually those people that are the hardest to reach are seeking the most. You'd be surprised. And when you get them to faith, oh man, they are unstoppable. I love bringing a stubborn person to Jesus. They are good fighters for the Lord. You guys, we have to praise the Lord through all things. 
Everything that we have here on earth is a blessing. But heaven is so much better. And we need to take as many people with us as we go. There's no reason for us to walk around afraid. There's no reason for us to walk around anxious about anything. Anything. Rejoice in the Lord always. It is really good to see your faces again. And that has brought me so much joy that I wasn't caring this morning before I started this service. I'm blessed to have you all here. I'm blessed to call you guys the church and to be a part of that with you. And I can't wait to see again, as I've said it so many times, what Lighthouse Christian Church is going to bring to the table for Classic County when it comes to Jesus Christ. It's going to take a team. Let's just keep fighting the good fight, praying first, not being anxious, putting on the armor of God, and walking in faith. If you don't know Jesus, please, I am praying for you today. I want to talk to you more about Him. So please feel free to come and talk to me after the service. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank You for this morning. I thank You for our team that worked so hard to get everything set up out here Every week that we've been outside, Lord, it takes a lot of work. I thank You for them. Lord God, I thank You for our staff that continues to work hard at this church. Every volunteer that gives of their time as a service over to You, Lord. Honoring You as they give of themselves. Lord God, right now I just want us to take a step back and honor You. Thinking about You and the sacrifice that You gave us so that we could live through all this chaos. So that we could call ourselves living in exile knowing that this is not our permanent home. Lord God, I thank You as we get ready to take communion that we can take communion together to remember You and how much You love us. Thank You for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, Amen.